What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Uh, Quinn here with uh, with Lauren. Uh, how you doing today, hey. Lauren? Hey, doing great. Feeling fabulous. Yeah, I just found out that uh, Lauren uh, just finally got a TV in her place. Woohoo! So, uh, big big things are happening. A lot's a, a lot is changing in the in the world Moving of the show the because Lauren's gonna be able to watch actually watch things on a TV now. Yeah, I've been uh, avoiding watching some of the Oscar-nominated movies just because I feel bad watching them on my iPad. So right. I'm ready to hunker down and watch these films. <laughs> what's uh, what's like on the docket? Like, what's like your neck? What's on deck for you? Um, tonight I'm debating between the Banshees of Indusherin and yes. maybe the Menu. I'm not sure. Oh man, those are oh, those are like whoa. great. Those are both options, those are both right? big Quinn movies. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm super super into both of those. The Menu is like actually uh, the the Menu I know is showing at uh, the Rio Theater. Uh, that that would be Ooh. if you can catch that at like a screening. Oh, that would be yeah. that's a really good one to see with the crowd. I saw it in theaters and it came out oh. and it was so much fun. Mm. Maybe Banshees is kind of like you can yeah you can kind of stay home and be sad, and that's that's yeah. kind of the vibe. It might be better that way for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'll say I am not quite feeling as fabulous as Lauren. I'm getting over uh, I'm getting over kind of being sick. Uh, I tested negative. Uh, it's just a bit of a cold, Ooh. and I just feel kind of stuffed up so if i sound a little nasally and a little gross that would be why although i've been assured that i don't by lauren and my roommate so so hopefully uh hopefully it won't affect your uh, your listening experience too much but uh yes i I have um uh, we could pretty much jump right into what we've been watching i don't really have any film news except for one uh very important thing that uh, i wanted i was saving i was going to send this to you but i actually uh wanted to uh, save it for the for on air Mm -hmm. save it for the pod I found out today, uh, or a couple days ago, that um, apparently, if you have, uh, and I haven't verified this, I just saw a screenshot of a post on Twitter, but uh, if you have 200 Apple Podcast reviews and you've done two years of show shows, you're eligible to be a uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic. <gasps> so we're almost there. We're pushing. <laughs> we're, we will be pushing. We only have. 197 episodes to go and we can really sway the uh the film culture which i'm pretty excited about that would be incredible (laughs) wow we're we're getting there we got like oh 10 and a half months and 197 episodes oh no wait two years okay that's (laughs) that's a little bit more 18 months yeah we'll get there (laughs) yeah we're well just watch out watch out two years from now we're we're gonna be uh we're going to be out there on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. That's going to be a very exciting oh time. God. Yeah, I'd love to. Wow. Cinema will never be the same. <laughs> Watch out, guys. Yeah, but that's uh, other than that, not uh, not not, not a, a huge uh, a huge week or two weeks for film news. I think we can jump right into it. I have one since I don't have I haven't been watching a lot lately. I do have one film news um, since we recorded our last one. Mm. Um, Viola Davis EGOT winner. Do you yeah, follow? EGOT, I saw that. Got status. I don't really, but I, I just like, but I follow uh, Viola Davis stats for sure. Okay. I, I saw that. Uh, I saw that on, on Facebook a while ago. That was uh, that's. I mean, well deserved. Like if anyone deserves it, yeah. She I didn't realize that she had um, the three leading up to her um, Grammy. I didn't realize she had all three already. So I was thrilled. I'm a huge Viola Davis fan. Um, lots mm-hmm. of egots lately. I believe it was last year. Jennifer Hudson um became hmm. egot which is fabulous she's also 
well deserving, fabulous. Um, and I believe Viola Davis um, has all three of hers for acting credits, actor credits, which is also huge because a lot of times people get, uh, particularly like the Tonys, um, if they're t- like typically a film actor, they'll get a Tony for like producing or something like that. So to have all four of them be in an acting category or for being an actor, pretty cool, mm. pretty freaking cool. So yeah, good for her. That's very yeah. happy. For her. I mean, it's funny. Like when you said that you're like I'm a big Viola Davis fan, I kind of feel like that's just common sense. Like if of you're <laughs> if you're not a Viola Davis fan, like that's okay, that's just that's <laughs> stupid. You're stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's just dumb because she's. Yeah, she's I've seen That's like so, every yeah. episode of um, How to Get Away with Murder. That was the show me and my right. friends watched together in high school. Oh, great yeah, my, show. Uh, my, I think my my mom used to watch that, and I've seen like bits mm-hmm. and pieces of episodes, but I've never seen the the whole thing. I've, I don't think it's I've ever seen good. a full episode. Is it? Oh, it's really good. Yeah, we would like have sleepovers and then watch like a bunch of episodes. Uh, it it's. <laughs> I think that acting's great. The story's really like engaging, really good. Interesting. I, I just, I, I honestly haven't even thought of that show for like a second. I kind of forgot it existed until you old, just mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. She's done so much since then too. You know, people associate her with so many things now. Yeah. True. Yeah. She, she's been really like popping off in the last like five, maybe more years. Yeah. Like she, she's, she's just kind of, she's just everywhere and like in her I'm, prime. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm. Uh, I'm here for it. I'm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so speaking of uh, TV, I think that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about for uh, for what we've been watching uh, for this week. Because uh, it sounds like uh, you said you haven't really seen like any movies <laughs> since. Uh, no, since just because I was, t- I knew a TV was coming, so I kind of was not really watching anything important because I knew I could just watch it in, on a TV in like a week. So I mainly have been in the TV sphere. Television. Yeah, same. I don't have as good an excuse. I just haven't been. I've just been just too busy. Been. <laughs> I like, like, I was looking at my letterbox, and I this month I was like, oh, that's I only have three three logs, and uh, one of them was Knock at the Cabin, which we already talked about. And then oh, yeah. <laughs> on, I, I watched a Japanese horror movie that was just good, and I don't really have anything to say about it. It's just good. And uh, Mike <laughs> and Dave need wedding dates, which we definitely don't need to talk about. <laughs> 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 we'll just I, I saw it. It was okay. Uh, end of story. But uh, should we get into it? Do you, you you say you just have uh, one you were going to mention, right? Yeah, I've just really got one. Um, I'm trying to open up all of my different streaming services, see if uh, anything has snuck by me. I've been watching a lot of um, Bob's Burgers and then um, my reality TV shows, obviously. Got to see what uh, Charlie D'Amelio's up to. Um, <laughs> well, well, I have uh, I have two pretty meaty ones. So maybe once while you're looking that up uh i'll uh, yeah sure i'll talk about one you can ignore me and look at your streaming services uh <laughs> so i uh i finished uh actually just last night uh i finished season two of a uh, apple tv show called uh, slow horses mm. which uh i really i really really enjoyed i would highly highly recommend the show it's uh it the the first season came out i believe in uh 2020 possibly 2021 because i know they the first the first season came out it was only it was only six episodes. It was kind of a, a limited run. And they basically, Apple TV right away renewed it. And they were like, we're doing four seasons of the show. Six episodes each, each, uh, 
each season very uncomplicated. They're like, this is just what it is. We got something here. We're going to run with it. And the end of season one, there was a trailer for season two. So there, which is, and the same thing with this season two ended trailer for season three. They're just pumping this thing out and just, just going for it. And I, I think they know they got a hit on their hands and I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Like I haven't seen more people talking about the show. Cause I think it's really great. Uh, it's, it's based on a series of books by, uh, I believe Mick Heron is the author. He's a, a British author. So it's kind of a like MI5 sort of British kind of spy show, uh, which is not usually my bag. It's um, I've never really been, never got super into like a lot of British, especially the kind of crime and sort of spy things. Like I like, I like certain British shows, but it's not, it's never really been my bag. But uh, this show is basically about the rejects of, uh, of MI5 who get sent to the, this, uh, this place called Slough House, which is basically where all the, the reject spies who have screwed up missions or screwed up training exercises or are just bad at their jobs go. So it's, it's a really fun show. It's got kind of a, it definitely has like the sort of political intrigue kind of, uh, um, uh, and it's very like of the moment. Uh, and it's, it's got a lot of really interesting kind of what you'd expect from, from like a, from a kind of traditional spy show, but it's also got a really kind of fun sort of dark comedic tone to it. And, uh, and it definitely has like some, some kind of lightness and a lot of comedy to it. Uh, but the real reason to watch the show is because Gary Oldman is in it. And, uh, <laughs> this dude, I mean, it's Gary Oldman, obviously he's good, but this is like one of the best roles I've ever seen him in. He's, he's just, he's like, he's such, he's just like, he's amazing. He, he just like every scene he's in, he, he's, you just can't take your eyes off him. He's He's like gained some weight. He's kind of kind of schlubby and and pretty pretty nasty character all around. Pretty uh, irredeemable if it was any other actor. But Gary Oldman's just like such a powerhouse that you just love this guy. Mm-hmm. Jackson Lamb's the character. You, you just love him even though he's like the biggest prick in the world. And it's a it's such a fun show. It's it's a, it just breezes by. Like I I I'm I'm just sad I'm out of episodes to watch already because it was yeah. just six episodes for the season. And it's uh, and it, it just flies by. It's got a great tone, great pace, and it's just super fun. And like like I said, I'm not big into that kind of show usually, but just watching this, I I went on like one of my kind of groups where I talk about movie and t- movies and TV on on Facebook because I use Facebook because I'm old. And uh, <laughs> and I was like I was like, hey guys, listen. So I'm I'm not uh, I'm not into spy stuff, but I watch Slow Horses, and I think I could get into it now. So like, what are some what is more like? Like, I think it's a good, like, I called it, like, without talking to some people on there, like, a starter pack show for that kind of thing. Like, it's a good, it's a good way to, like, kind of get into that sort of vibe. And watching this, I'm like, I, I could, mm-hmm. I think I could maybe, like, give some of my life over to this British spy TV thing. <laughs> I think I, I yeah. get why, why, why people get so into it. Like, I don't, my, my dad I love is just British like, stuff. Yeah, my, my, like, the, this like my yeah my dad is just like obsessed with these kind of shows i know a lot of people like mm-hmm. get into them and then there's, just, there's just so many they just crank them out over there so i'm um, mm-hmm. i'm definitely like after watching this i'm i'm down to check some stuff out and see if see if i'm into it or maybe it's just that slow horses is so good and it's kind of a kind of a one off for me but definitely if you have apple tv i i got it free when i when i bought my uh, my roku from best buy so i got 3 months so i'm oh, i'm yeah. i'm start actually started servant today because uh, I was uh, off work, oh. so I was sick. So I'm, I'm getting into. I'm knocking off all the Apple TV shows off my list uh, while <laughs> while I have it for free. So, but if you have Apple, of course, TV that's what or, you have to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If uh, if you have Apple TV, I would highly recommend just just 
blowing through this thing. You can do it quick. It's uh, it's a really fun watch. For me, for what I've been watching, um, also a TV series um, called it's called God's Favorite Idiot. Have you heard of this? It's a Netflix I, original, I believe. Only by name. I remember like, I've, yeah, I've definitely heard the title, but I have no idea what this is about. Let's see. It came out last year uh, starring Melissa McCarthy, one of my mm. faves. Um, I've been watching this, this with my mom, actually. She's also a really big Melissa McCarthy fan. Um, we were just watching it because uh, we just had some time to kill. And we were like, I don't know. Let's I love Melissa McCarthy. Let's put this on. And so basically the premise Melissa McCarthy. Let me let me actually pull up what the what um they describe it as because it is actually very weird. Mm. Um, it's it may be a limited series, which would be very fitting for our episode to get today. Um, okay, here's what their like synopsis is. Um, a mid-level tech support employee, Clark Thompson, falls in love with co-worker um emily luck at exactly the same time he becomes the unwitting messenger of god filling his world with roller skating a lake of fire and an impending apocalypse so basically um uh clark who is played by melissa mccarthy's husband um who i honestly can never remember the name of i just know him as melissa mccarthy's husband you all know who i'm talking about though i'm sure it's the guy Um, on the plane in bridesmaids right Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he um Melissa McCarthy's husband, that's all who all, that's all he is. Um becomes like yeah, exactly that. A messenger of God and hmm. has to deal with, you know, like Satan trying to kill him and all these crazy shenanigans. And it's just one of those shows where it's Complete buffoonery, you know, like you literally never know what's going to happen because it's just weirdness is happening, but it's not done in a way that's like, oh, they just put stupid stuff in here because, because they can, because they can do whatever they want. And like, oh, this sounds stupid. Let's put it in a show. Like it all does come together, I feel. And is just it's it's fun it's it's really funny um obviously fantastic acting with melissa mccarthy and everything and we're only a few episodes in but it's it's pretty funny it's a good watch the episodes are half an hour or less so it's not like you're committing to something major um and there's only how many episodes there's only eight episodes so Love that. you don't have to commit <laughs> yeah you don't have to commit to anything but it, it's fun it's a funny show it's really weird um i wouldn't say it's anything like outside of melissa mccarthy's realm in terms of it's like really funny um and just like sticky and everything like that but right so so it's um, very like let's like a pure just like a comedy like it's 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 not like riding that line of like comedy and drama it's like there's some moments for sure but i would say overall Mm. it leans towards like true comedy um Mm. but yeah no it's really good um just something i randomly picked up to start watching and yeah it's really funny i would suggest it and it's not like a ton to watch even if you just watch the first episode the first episode is just like interesting 
and funny. Um, and also, uh, I know Melissa McCarthy's done TV before. Um, she was obviously in Gilmore Girls um, for a long time. Um, but I I don't think of her a lot as a TV actor. I, I think of her best work being in, like, movies, right? So, um, yeah, it was a really interesting to see her um, in a longer form like this, too. So, yeah, funny show. Yeah, that's it's a really good uh, good concept. Like just just the idea of it, just like I, I can just imagine like that that <laughs> it just seems really funny just based on, yeah. on the premise alone. And it's not if you're worried about it being like religious too. It's not like a religious show either because mm-hmm. I'm not like big into things like that. So it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's good for anybody to watch. <laughs> nice, awesome. So my. Uh, my 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 only other uh, thing I've really been watching uh, was actually a show that kind of spurred the uh, the idea for this episode. Where uh, I don't think I mentioned it, we're basically talking about uh, like TV shows and movies. Like like what what's the best sort of medium to tell your story, and uh, and maybe some that that maybe like movies that should have been TV shows, TV shows should have been movies, and it all kind of came from this show. Uh, it's it's a, a mini series called Fleischman is in Trouble. Have you ever heard about this one? I have not. Okay, so so this is uh, it's based on um, based on a novel uh, by uh, uh, let me find the uh, the name. Um, Is that here? In trouble. Uh, Taffy Brodesser Ackner is the uh, is the uh, the author, and the cool thing about the show is she wrote the book. It got it uh, got picked up. Uh, and then she ended up actually show running the show as well. So it's very, from what I've heard, I haven't read the book. Actually, it's, it's, uh, I have it on hold at the library right now because I really want to read it. But, uh, from what I've heard, just listening to some interviews with her, it seems like, uh, she really kind of, she didn't stray too far. Like it, it, she said, like basically the show is the book. So I'm, I'm wondering, it might not even be worth it for me to read the book because I just watched the show. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, you can definitely tell, like, like watching the show that it's like you ever watch like a, a movie that's based on a book and you're like, oh, wow, this like this feels like 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 it feels very novelistic. Like you can you can tell. Even yeah, without you knowing. can feel it in it. Yeah, it's the same way that mm-hmm. you can feel it in like movies based on plays. Yeah. So th- this the show and usually like with the like like writing in film and TV that feels very novelistic sometimes kind of irks me. But uh, in this show, I, uh, I, I just, it didn't bug me at all. I, I like, I definitely noticed it, but I was too busy just absolutely loving this show to, to have any sort of problem with it. Uh, I, I think this is like, we, we, we didn't really, we started this show too late to kind of do a best of 2022, like TV and movies. But if we did, this definitely mm-hmm. would have been on my best of the year. This is, this is a really like, a really just exceptional show. Uh, so the let, let me just read you like kind of the, the top cast here. Is the uh, the sort of top four headlining the show is uh, Jesse Eisenberg. And I think I think your enjoyment of the show definitely depends on how much patience you have with Jesse Eisenberg because I know I know he, he can be <laughs> uh, he's a, a little divisive. Uh, yeah, see, I, I I love I think he's great. I think he's actually he's a little underrated. I, I think he's he's actually got a lot more range than people give so. him credit for. But that's just me. <laughs> I I love that guy. So I, he's He's awesome in this show. It's uh, um, he's a Eisenberg. fantastic actor, I think, and he plays the roles he plays. He plays them perfectly, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. I typically don't like those kinds of characters. So <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so it, it's uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Claire Danes, who is just like 
incredible in the show. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan, who I always love, and Adam Brody, who's <laughs> like, that's my boy. I love Adam Brody. I, I, I never watched, uh, actually don't remember, what was the show that he was on way back in the day where he got really famous? Um, oh, um, I don't know. Uh, the OC, that was the one. Oh, the I, I didn't just pull that. I looked it up, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I never saw that. But uh, he, I think I'm a little like, too last, young for that show. Yeah, the the last like I don't know, like like five or so years, uh, he he's just been picking some really fun projects. He was he was great, and there's a horror movie came out in 2019 called Ready or Not, which kind of like introduced me to him, and he, he's just awesome in that. He was in a great kind of really dark comedy called The Kid Detective that I would highly recommend. He he's just been picking some really, really cool kind of interesting projects. And he, he's awesome in this show. Uh, it's got a really good cast of uh, great character actors who like you wouldn't necessarily know by name, but you've definitely seen a lot of them before. Even like like Josh Radner, who played Ted in uh, How I Met Your Mother is in the show. It's just like a supporting character. It's it's uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people who I know um, the showrunner actually mentioned this, that they kind of purposely cast people like Lizzie Kaplan from Mean Girls or like Jesse Eisenberg, people who were kind of very important in the culture when they were younger actors, because the mm-hmm. show is about 40 somethings and it's about divorce and it's about like midlife crises. And I've like never related to a show more <laughs> weirdly, even though it like, it could not be like less uh, kind of connected to where I am in my life. Basically the, the idea of the show is, uh, uh, Toby Fleischman, played by Jesse Eisenberg, is recently divorced, and he has two kids. He's uh, a doctor, um, and he lives in New York with. And his his ex wife is a uh, talent agent. They're very successful, and his wife basically just disappears one day, and mm. he's like left to take care of the kids. He's trying to figure out what happened to his wife, and then there's, but the show it's it's really not based on that description. You'd think it would be kind of a hard boiled thriller, and it's really not about the disappearance at all. It's it's not a mystery. It's not like a what happened to where's the missing woman show. It's really just about the people and about getting. It's about aging. It's about being middle aged. It's about dating and relationships. And it's just like a, a like I said, it feels very novelistic, but but not in a bad way. Like just the mm-hmm. the writing is so is it's just so clever and so insightful and 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 all the characters have their own even the smaller kind of side characters have these really interesting arcs and it just it 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 puts a lot of ideas out there and it really ties everything back in a really just like expertly written way the the direction is like there's some really interesting shots and the way the the story's told but it's not flashy it really focuses on the characters and it's just it's just like an expertly done just very adult very mature very smart show which is something I'm like always looking for and it feels like it's harder and harder to find. It's, it's very not flashy. It's just, it's really something that you can just dig into. And there's like so much mm-hmm. there. If, if you kind of, if you kind of, if you invest in the show, you get so much out of it. I think it's, it's a, What's this, it's on a again? Pretty, this is a, uh, here in Canada, it's on uh, Disney plus, I believe it's a Hulu mm. production. So yeah, it's on, it's on Disney. And uh, I would say like, if you're going to check it out, give it like maybe two two or three episodes I, I wasn't totally hooked when i watched the first one but i kind of i had heard so much good stuff about it that i stuck with it and i ended up just like loving the show i think it's it's great even like the child actors who uh like usually child actors i just like 
I, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> but even like the child actors, I thought were uh, were really really uh, great in this. Like sometimes they were likable, sometimes they were very unlikable. They really felt like real kids, and and just like everyone in the show is great. I, I just I really I was kind of blown away by this thing. I, I basically loved everything about it. So I would I would highly highly recommend uh, checking out Fleischman is in trouble. And it's only eight episodes. It's like eight hour ish long episodes. It's a bit more of a commitment than your than than uh, than your show, but it's a uh, it's it's not too bad. the The miniseries thing, I can uh, I feel okay recommending because it's not like five seasons long. But honestly, I could have yeah. watched like six seasons of the show if, if there was. <laughs> it's a uh, it, it's really great. Well, should we move on to the main event then? Mm-hmm. Yes, let's uh, let's do it. So I, I was uh, before we kind of get into. Uh, kind of like our our main picks, uh, what we're going to talk about. I was I was wondering what you think of just this idea in general because I was I was thinking about it a little bit. Um, just this kind of idea of like like sometimes you'll you'll see a movie and you'll think oh that could have been that that could have been better if it had been like a six episode miniseries or oh this this series was padded out it was too much it, it should have just been a two hour movie. But it's funny because I was thinking about it and I was thinking I don't think I, I hear people talking about this more now. I kind of feel like this is a more recent phenomenon. And I think, yeah. I think my, my kind of theory on this is that it's only been maybe like, I think since at least since like the, the, the early two thousands that the quality of, of just TV storytelling has even been close to matching up with, with a uh, film. And then even like mm-hmm. moving on to like, like as far as matching, like the production value that wasn't even until like, like the kind of late 2010s, like uh, mm-hmm. that you could even kind of compare them. Like I think for so long, it just wasn't a comparison point, but just that and then matched up with kind of streaming services and the fact that like things are, so many things are being stretched out for streaming. I think that's such a more, it's just a more recent phenomenon. Cause like it's only been the last like decade that we've really been truly able to compare the two. Do you think, do you think that's right? Or what, yeah. what do you think about that? I think definitely, I think we're nearing the end of, the golden age of TV. And I say Mm. nearing the end because I think in the last year, maybe two years, we've been seeing a really weird direction. It's been a heading. I mean, shows get canceled. They film an entire season and then they, they can it out of nowhere. Um, So I think we're, we're at the end of it, unfortunately, but, and I've always been a big TV person um, and it's never been easier to watch TV. I remember being in like early high school, I would go down to my local video store and rent a season of a show so that I could watch it, which is hilarious. Um, So I love, um, that's one thing I do love about streaming services. I'm a, I'm a bit of a hater sometimes, but I mean, (laughs) just to be able to watch a TV show, any episode on demand, I mean, come on, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, but on, but on the I flip think, side, it, it kind of makes sometimes like it, it makes movies feel like if you watch like The Irishman and you and it's three and a half hours long and you watch it in four sittings, it kind of makes exactly. all these movies feel more like TV. <laughs> it's true. I I think that's what streaming has done. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of like the quality of them, I totally agree. I mean, I watch things like I love The Crown. Watching Mm. that feels like watching a movie. Like it's the production quality is so beautiful. 
Um, they're long episodes. I haven't watched Game of Thrones, but people said that about Game of Thrones. Um, mm-hmm. And then even like um, sitcoms, I feel like they they have the ability to make like such beautiful moments in it. Um, some people say that takes away from it. That's another argument too. Um, we don't have the same kind of sitcoms we used to. Um, and debatably, I think sometimes um, just being able to throw money and resources at things doesn't make it better. Um, mm. You know, sitcoms, like two cam sitcoms, things like, I don't know, I don't know, sitcoms, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so there was some charm in it that it wasn't some beautiful production, you know? Um, and sometimes we don't get that because they have a lot more money to work with. And I think it does take away from the story sometimes, but then also for, on the flip side, we get other beautiful things out of it. So um, I think TV is really hard. TV might be harder than film, honestly, because you there's so many ways to screw up when you're um, stretching something out and you have so much time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, I do love a good miniseries. I used to not enjoy miniseries just because my favorite characters would go away too quickly. Um, but I'm really learning to appreciate them. I'm really learning to love them. I have some really yeah. great ones on my list here. I'm so excited to talk about. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I've definitely kind of come around on it more because I, I used to feel like, mm-hmm. like I think just because I've seen more great miniseries uh, before, but I, I, I always feel like uh, a lot of times when I watch them, I, I, I always find myself being like, oh, if you could, you could have gotten rid of this and this and this and made it a much tighter like, like, I just mm. think like the the uh, the structure of a movie being like like an hour and a half to two and a half hours and that that kind of restriction, it's like that yeah. sort of that that restriction breeds creativity. And I think sometimes if totally. you have more leeway, you don't have to work as hard. So I feel like like having the kind of mm-hmm. the confines of of uh, of a shorter like a shorter time period, shorter time to tell your story makes you more creative and a lot of times makes the work better. I think that I've kind yeah. of come around on that more because you see, like we're going to talk about, like like something like Fleischman's in Trouble. Like, like if that had been made like like 10 years ago, they would have tried to make a movie and it would have been rushed and it would have been, there's just not enough space there to tell that story. So it really just depends on the kind of story you're going to tell, especially with like book adaptations, which I, I tried to like, I tried to not have, I think I only actually have, one I'm going to talk about that's a book adaptation for series because I could have done mm-hmm. just I could have done all that because a lot of times you find like but like it's just it's really it's almost like impossible to f- take a whole novel and tell it in like a two-hour movie so that is one thing that I think almost always works better as a miniseries and I'm glad that it's become more popular so that we can get better versions of of great books because for the longest time books were always being adapted into these movies and just feeling rushed and feeling yeah. like it could have been two or three movies and now if they could be like something like I, I didn't have it on my list but it was kind of runner up like normal people which is a book i loved but if they had tried to because they did that was a 12 it was 12 half hour episodes to adapt that and if they had made that like a two-hour movie it just never would have worked and I, yeah. i'm really glad that they did it the way they did it should we uh, should we get into it then i think so um yeah i, I was gonna ask you do you want to start off on a positive note 
and then uh, I do. give our and then we'll we'll, we'll end uh, we'll end down on the ones that uh, that we think should have switched it up. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I actually think I have more that are positive um, than negative. I think my thing is if if I don't like the first episode of a, a miniseries, I don't watch the rest of it, and then I forget it exists. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Um, this one to me is a perfect mini series. Um, it, it's one of the things that, one of the ones that, um, made me come around to mini series. Maybe they're not so bad. Um, and it's a more recent one. So this shows how versed I was before. Um, mine's the dropout with, um, Amanda Seyfried. Have you seen this? Right. Uh, this was one where uh, I, I watched the because uh, I'd seen the documentary on this story and I knew a lot about the story. I'd listened to the there was a podcast called Dropout, which I actually think is the basis of the show, not the documentary. I believe so, yeah. So I actually knew a ton about the story, and I watched the first I think two or three episodes, and I was just like, it didn't bring anything new for me. Like it wasn't. It was <gasps> oh. nothing to do with the quality of the show. It was just yeah. that I knew the story knew the so story. well already. I wasn't really getting anything out of it, and it was it was at that weird time where there was like four different shows that were basically the same show about like <laughs> about business gone wrong like the we crash show exactly. and this one and, and i just i, I kind of just skipped them all i kind of love business gone wrong um stuff like that so i'll watch any number of them yeah i, I kind of do too but i, I it's always in the the documentaries i, I really like the, the yeah. i like those documentaries i don't really love the recreations Mm. I think if it's done well, then it's fabulous. Um, for me, I I knew a little bit about the story. So this story is about Elizabeth Holmes, um, a real life um, tech quote unquote genius, I suppose, <laughs> um, and sort of um, the lead up to her success and then the downfall. Um, and I think the reason this really worked as a mini series for me. Um, is because it is going through so much of her life or I guess not her life, but a period of her life. Um, Mm. So Amanda Seyfried plays Elizabeth Holmes um, and it goes from what, like early college to it wasn't that many years, but a few years later when she starts her tech company and there's mismanagement and ethical problems Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed this for many reasons. I enjoyed Amanda Seyfried, obviously. I think all of the acting was fantastic. There's some um, really fabulous actors in this show. Um, I think Amanda Seyfried is the perfect person to play Elizabeth Holmes. Um, it's like uncanny sometimes. Um, but I think um, having the... It's eight episodes long. Having a longer period to tell a length of a time you know a movie i think would have had to cut out some really big points and granted there are some less than maybe true side stories in this they definitely added a little fluff i wasn't mad at it um i didn't think that i you know was watching it being like get to the point at all i think it added to it and it really helped shape um how the audience is supposed to feel about certain things. Um, Because as we know, watching movies, sometimes, you know, people doing unethical things, sometimes we're supposed to agree that they're doing it, you know? So I think (laughs) having these sort of like side plots made sure that the audience was on 
you know, on the same page as everybody. And we all sort of like knew what was going on because they totally could have taken this in a different direction and been like, girl, so girl boss of her, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, to scam people. Um, and especially because like for people like me who weren't super familiar with um, this story beforehand, like, I don't know, maybe I could have been convinced to be on her side. Um, mm. So I liked it and it didn't take up too much of the time. Um, they really did focus in on Elizabeth Holmes and um, Sunny and her associates and everything. And I think having a longer period of time to talk about it really led us into their world and into it, it's such a complex thing. I mean, we're talking about like tech and healthcare. Um, which to me, I mean, I'm not in healthcare, so I don't understand what's going on. Like you can't just gloss over things and expect me to totally understand, especially because the thing that she's involved with is very high concept. Like mm -hmm. I really did appreciate them having more time to take me along on the, their journey. And, um, so yeah, I think this one, perfect eight episodes. Perfect. I was so sad when it was over. I wish there was more, but unfortunately it kind of ends in, in, in real life. I mean, there's not a whole lot that's gone on post, so they couldn't continue it. And I think it, I think they ended it exactly where it should have been. Um, yeah. Fabulous. Yeah, for that, me. That's, that's kind of like a classic example of something that we were just talking about. Like if this, if this whole thing had happened, they'd made the show like 10 years earlier, this 100% would have been a movie and it would not it would have, been have been a TV movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. I'm sure there is a TV movie. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my first pick is a show that I'm I'm hoping I can turn some people on to because I have a sneaking suspicion I'm like the only person who knows that this show exists because it just really came and went. Uh, it's uh, it's it's on Netflix. I'm not sure. I believe it's a Netflix original. I'm not 100% sure on that. But uh, it's a Korean show called Hellbound. You ever heard about this? Mm, I think I've heard the name. Definitely have not seen it. Yes, yeah, so the the reason I had watched this is uh, it has this this Korean actor Yu Ah In, who's uh, who's like one of my like favorite South Korean actors. I've I've seen a bunch of his movies, and like he's he's really really good. He was in Burning. If uh, if any uh, the listeners have seen that, that's a that that's an awesome, uh, really kind of weird, kind of trippy uh, South Korean movie. Uh, good kind of slow burn. But uh, I've just, I've loved him kind of ever since. And he was headlining the show. So I just checked it out. And uh, and I believe the uh, the director also directed, um, or the, who created and I think directed all the episodes. He also directed Train to Busan, which is one of my mm -hmm. favorite South Korean movies and one of my favorite zombie movies. And I'm not a huge zombie movie guy, but Train to Busan slaps. That movie rules. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just awesome. I, I, I love it. But uh, so Hellbound was kind of his follow-up. Uh, and the show, basically the, the concept um, is just one day these these beings, like these giant, super scary-looking monsters just appear out of nowhere in random places around the world and will come and find a person and tell them, you're going to go to hell at this exact date, at this time, and then they leave. This, this just starts happening all over the world. And then later on at those times these beings will come back attack these people like brutally like brutally attack them they're smashing them against cars and through buildings and and then drag them down to hell and then they just disappear 
and it's mm. happening all over the world and it just starts happening like everywhere and it's a really it's it, it's it sounds like a very out there concept but the show is f- actually fairly grounded and it feels like if something that insane happened this the way it happens in the show is kind of how it would i imagine it would go down so it's really interesting kind of hmm. take on on a really weird concept is because basically the show the reason I, I say it's it works great as a series is watching it it's a six it's a six uh episode kind of mini series hour-long episodes and it watching it I, I kind of felt like i watched like the first three episodes were like a movie and then the second three episodes would have been like the sequel to that movie so i kind of mm-hmm. feel like i got the movie and the sequel in one kind of nice Nice, yeah, like, six hour package. It, it's kind of wild because the first the first little bit is basically like like people think it's a joke, people think it's fake, it's CGI, and slowly it kind of is the world sort of coming to grips with mm. the fact that this is real. And then after the first three episodes, there there's a time jump, and you start to follow. I believe it's been a while since I watched this when it first came out in 2021, so it's been a while. But I believe it follows a different set of characters, or at least some different characters after a time jump where the and it's kind of what happens after where the world is kind of moved on and just accepted that this is a reality and that hell is real and that God is real. And there's kind of this big, mm. this is like, if, if you want to go in blind, I would skip this. It's a minor spoiler, but uh, it ends up, there's kind of a, this sort of religion slash government that kind of just takes over at least in South Korea, if not, uh, I can't remember if it's, if it's more widespread, but, just basically it's a government formed around a religion because everyone kind of knows now that that hmm. religion is real basically. So it's like this whole new kind of new, new world order. And so it's this really interesting kind of with this time jump, you see the progression of the world just accepting this insane thing that's happening. And so, you, like I said, it's like watching the movie and then watching the sequel right after in one series. And I think if they had just made the movie and just told that initial story, I would have liked it. I wouldn't have loved it. But the fact that they jump and they show you like kind of what happens after and there's this really interesting progression of the story within this one small package I thought was super cool and I'm really glad they did it how they did it because I think it's just the fact that it's a Korean show like the, the in South Korea they really give their creators a lot of freedom to just like for first time second time directors will get crazy budgets to make mm-hmm. these really out there movies and a lot of times they're they're just way too much and they're crazy, but sometimes you get these really wild things. I think if, if this had been an American show, there's no way they would have done it like this, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm really glad it, uh, it went down the way it did. I, I love this show. Fabulous. Okay. For my next one, I'm going on a bit more of a negative note. Um, this is a mini series that I wish was a movie. Um, inventing Anna. This might be controversial. Did you see this? <laughs> I saw <laughs> I, I saw the first 15 minutes of the show and I was like, no, yeah. thank you. And and I love that. I don't remember her name, but the, the lead actress, like I love her from Ozark. She's oh, great. Um, stuff, but um, no. Yeah. Julia Garner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think she's great, but yeah, I just, I just could not do it with that. <laughs> with that show. Yeah. So for me, um, I had a bunch of people tell me I have to watch this. So obviously I went and watched it and I actually only saw, so there's nine episodes. I probably saw half of the show before I was like, okay, like, come on. Um, This, I think, like we talked about earlier, when you're given too much time, like 
you you're lacking a bit of creativity i feel like this story was dragged on way too long i get that there's a lot in this story of this real woman um anna delvey um but i just feel like i kept being like okay hurry up like get to the point um i think nine episodes was far too long if this was even like a four episode um <laughs> mini series maybe it'd be better but i just feel like it should have been edited like there was parts that were just dragging for me i didn't care about anna to be honest like she was pissing me off the whole time i feel like this could have been a really good movie and the episodes are super long they're like minimum an hour I feel like you can't make me sit through nine movies and call it a mini series. I think that's ridiculous. So I think they should have done maybe even a two hour movie and just get to the point. Mm. Um, I think they were yeah, trying like to something do like hustlers. Yeah, I think they sh- they did a lot of this plot with the with the um, uh, journalist or whatever who was talking with Anna, and I just didn't care. I was like. I'm, I'm I'm watching something about this real life, you know, um, criminal, I don't know, um, con artist perhaps. Um, and I don't care about this side character. I'm not watching it for this side character. I like every time it was her story, I was like, shut up. Like, that's not what I'm here to watch. So no offense to the actors or anything. I just feel like I think they did a fabulous job. Um, the Anna Delvey character is so funny. The performance, um, I think is true to what I've seen of Anna, but God, yeah, it's I've, so I've seen, weird. She got so much flack for the, for the accent, but if you actually look up like the actual, she's the such actual a loony in real talking, life. She sounds exactly like that. <laughs> like she's actually like that. She's just weird. So yeah. Yeah. But it does make it a little hard to watch, to be honest, because it does feel like she's doing a weird performance. But in reality, Anna Delvey's just doing a weird performance in her life. So, like, it kind of... I think the performances worked. The story just should have been edited. Mm. Maybe, like, a few parts, but nine parts was way too long. Should have been a movie. Yeah, th- this one, uh, it just always brings me back to, like I mentioned, that that movie Hustlers from uh, yeah, 2019, yeah. which was similar to this, where it was it's a similar kind of story. And it was based on, they're both based on articles. I think actually both Vanity Fair articles, funny enough, that I read. Uh, and actually, like the, the Anna Delvey one is is a really good read. If uh, if you don't want to watch a nine, <laughs> nine hour plus yeah. series, just read, read the article. But it's just kind of amazing that they, like, how do you not take the lesson from Hustlers? Because Hustlers was such a great, like, it was such a great way to tell that story. They even did the similar thing where they had like the kind of the framing device of the journalist talking to the character after the fact and, and everything. Yeah. But it was, but it was, it, it was just like perfect in a in a, like a two hour movie. And it's just, it's crazy that they that they made it this long and drawn out. I just, I, I don't know what the decision making was there. That that's that's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, so one of one of my actually my only series I have here that I wanted to uh, to be a movie was a uh, it's a documentary series that uh it, it's kind of similar to like do you ever see the, the, there's a lot of these on on netflix these kind of i call them like kind of junky documentaries where they're, oh my God, they're yes, kinda, I love them. like kind of kind of like flashy not a lot of substance very uh yeah. kind of like like light tone like they're kind of you can watch them and you're entertained then you completely forget about them right away 
Like I'm thinking like, My favorite. Love like, it. uh, like the, there was one about the, the hunt for the crypto King and, uh, oh, and like yes. the Tinder swindler is like the perfect example of this or, yes. or oh something God, like yes. that. These kind of shows, um, I love those. or like the Abercrombie <laughs> and Fitch uh, documentary oh, that I definitely watched exactly. and did not enjoy, but, uh, <laughs> So there was a there's a documentary series that came out uh, a while back called McMillions, which hmm. was which I think if Netflix had gotten their hands on this and made this like a two hour documentary, I think it would have been one of the better of these kind of it's still kind of a junky documentary, but the fact that it was a six a six episode series, I believe six hours, was completely unwarranted. I think this could have made a really really solid kind of kind of kind of fun kind of forgettable sort of Netflix style documentary, but uh, they went way too long in this. Basically it's about these, uh, these people who scammed uh, McDonald's out of a bunch of money through the monopoly, like the McDonald's monopoly game. Oh, <laughs> uh, back in like, kind of like the, the mid to late nineties, I believe. And about these FBI agents who kind of, who stopped them. And, and there was some like mob connections and it was actually a pretty interesting story, but Really, the uh, the reason to watch the show is there's uh, there's this one FBI agent who like um, actually I pulled up his name. It's uh, Doug Matthews is his name, and like like this guy like he should be an actor. Like it's amazing that this guy's an FBI agent. He's like the biggest goofball in the world. He's he's like so like you just know this guy's watched way too many like he's just watched way too many movies. And then he was like, oh, he watched a bunch of movies and decided to become an FBI agent because of what he saw on <laughs> movies and TV. And he's just. Just, just an amazing character. You like couldn't write a character like this guy. He's, he, he's, uh, he, he's kind of the frame framing device of the story. Cause he was a big, a big part in in taking these guys down. And he, he's just like so watchable. He's, he's, he's so much fun. And as much as I, in theory, would like to spend six hours with, uh, with my boy Doug, I think uh, if you had cut this thing down, there, there's really not enough story for this thing to justify being yeah. six episodes. It could have easily been an hour and a half documentary. You know but what it's- this uh, reminds me of? Sorry to cut you off. Um, hmm. Do you know you know Michael Moore and his documentaries? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of these stories that get turned into miniseries, there's another one ex- almost exactly like what you're talking about with Pepsi and the... Yeah, jets, Pepsi, where's my jet? Whatever. <laughs> I gave up yeah. on that about 10 minutes in. <laughs> uh, Michael Moore's doing what those people think they're doing, but he's just doing mm-hmm. um, a, a, a movie, you know? I mm-hmm. feel like... I know he's very controversial, so I'm not, like, giving too much of my opinion on him, but, like, he does a movie... He puts all of it in one neat little box. And I feel like these series just drag on and they maybe yeah. people, people should look a little more if they want to do something like this, look a little more at what he's doing, because I think, uh, yeah, miniseries might not be the way to go for these documentaries. Yeah, I mean, your, your, your documentary story has to be like outrageously twisty and interesting to justify more than a two hour documentary. Like most stories most stories like we're telling in documentary form can be told in two hours, I think. Exactly. And I, I just wish, uh, I just wish someone would, uh, uh, I'll put it out a call out there. If anyone's, uh, any editors are bored out there, you want to take McMillions and, uh, and edit it down <laughs> into a two hour movie. I will probably pay could. For it and I'll watch it. <laughs> Cause it is the thing about it is it, it is a, a cool, interesting kind of wild story, but I just can't recommend people watch six hours to find out what it is. And uh, it's it yeah. was just it's so padded. There, I remember there's a, a moment where they're talking about kind of a stakeout they did, and they literally explained the same thing 
three different times, like three different people explain the exact same thing. It's just, you could just tell they were padding for time and it's just, it's just a bummer because it is a great story and it could have been a really awesome, uh, like just kind of quick 90 minute documentary. It's just a shame. Mm-hmm. But that says, let, let's get, let's get back to the, the positives. What's your, what's your next pick for, uh, uh for a my good next one? positive. Um, okay. This is another very well heard of. Everybody's seen it. Um, the queen's gambit. I mm. took my sweet time to watch it. I definitely watched it like probably six months after everybody else in the world watched it. Um, because I really wanted to watch it. Like it looked really good. So I wanted to like dedicate some time to watching it. And I'm really glad I did. I really thoroughly enjoyed this story. Um, I think this easily could have been a movie, but I think making it a mini series was definitely the right call because you just get more time with, um, Anya Taylor-Joy's character and her life and, it's not unlike um, inventing Anna. It was not dragging on. I every moment I was engaged, and I couldn't wait for the next episode, and I couldn't wait to see characters again after they leave, and you know where where she going, where she's going in her life. Like um, it was such an interesting watch, and I think such an interesting story. Um, I love watching things where I don't immediately, I, I'm sure I've said this a million times already on this podcast. I love to watch something where I don't immediately know what's going to happen. And I don't like, it's not um, just another movie repackaged. And I feel like it. this was so engaging. Um, the acting is phenomenal. This is another one that um, the, um, the visuals start to veer towards like a movie. It looks stunning like a movie. The acting is incredible. Um, I think the dialogue is incredible. Um, yeah, I love this one. Um, I might actually, now that I'm talking about it, maybe I'll go watch it again. It's been a while. <laughs> I really, really um, enjoyed this. Um, you know I love a movie, or you know I love a show when I do not watch the last episode. This I have seen the last episode of, but when I really love a TV show and it ends, I won't watch the last episode because I think I'm going to be, I have to set it up. I have to be like ready to watch the last ever episode of the show. And then I will never watch it. There's many, many TV shows I've never seen the last episode of. This Even one, with miniseries? Yeah. This one oh had, took God, me about Lord. a month. <laughs> this show took me about a month to watch the final episode because I oh kept being like, I have to be in the right environment. Um, so I finally have, I have seen the last episode of this cause it was so good, but yeah, I love that one. I think Anya Taylor-Joy is phenomenal and everything she does I'm watching. So, and it, I feel yeah. like I know she was, had a career before this. This was obviously sort of the thing that brought her into pop culture and sort of where she's at now i feel um yeah i think it's a great great thing for her yeah well, if you want more uh maybe you should check out the menu <laughs> tonight after all yeah she's, she's great in that movie she's great yeah i, I never uh th- this was one I, I just never really connected with too much I, I watched the first two or three and just i thought mm. it was good it just there was so much other stuff out there and i just didn't totally it, it just wasn't i don't still think it was made for me it's just 
it's definitely yeah it's i can see why people like it it just was not it wasn't really my thing maybe i'll come back to it at some point but it's a it's yeah it, it just didn't totally connect for me hmm. all right so my my next pick is uh this is actually one of um this is what i'm recommending to people all the time this is actually one of my all-time favorite tv shows ever this is, uh, I think, the, actually the only miniseries uh, not on my, or the only um, non-miniseries on my list. This is a three-season show, uh, a little show, HBO show called The Leftovers, which I mm. absolutely love. This is um, this is a Damon Lindelof show. Who's, uh, if you know that name, it's because he was one of the guys who made Lost, which is a show I I tend to defend <laughs> despite <laughs> all its flaws. I I love me some Lost. I think it's a very important show in the history of television basically um and i i love damon lindelof he, he also did the watchman show um but i think this is actually i think this is probably the best thing he's ever done uh do, do you know like kind of the the idea of the show if you do you know much about never it never heard of it <laughs> really never never even heard of it never so That's this is so based funny. on a, yeah, it's, it's based on a book um i mean it, it, the funny thing is it, it's it's based on a book but really the first season of the show tells the story of the book and then the second and third seasons are completely their own story. And the funny thing about the show is the first season is good. The second and third seasons are like two of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen in my life. They're hmm. so, it's a, so it's a hard show to recommend because the first show, you kind of have to get through the first season, which is good, really good, I would say even, but the second and third seasons are incredible. So it's, it's really an investment, but if you, if you give time to it, it's like, this is probably the best season finale or series finale I've ever seen in my life too. The end of the show mm. is incredible. So basically the idea is just one day randomly, 3% of the world's population just disappears. Hmm. And this happened, like you see this in the very first scene of the show. And then if you flash forward about three years and then it's basically kind of similar to Hellbound actually, where it's just kind of about these people just dealing with with this and all the trauma that's left over and some people didn't lose anybody and like one of the main characters lost her entire family so it's it it, mm-hmm. it affected people in different ways some people are trying to find the answer some people have just accepted that they're never going to know and it's just and it goes to like each season is kind of its own mini series in a way and like like theoretically you could watch if you knew what the concept was you could watch just season 2 or just season 3 but the show just like without the kind of the building blocks of season one, season two just isn't as impactful. The show really just just builds on itself, and it's just it's 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 the the rare show that takes its source material and just makes it like way better. I think the show is like a hundred times better than the book because I read the book after watching the first two seasons of the show, and I was actually kind of disappointed by the book because <laughs> the show is, is is just amazing, and it and it deals with a lot of really like it's, it's a lot about religion, about faith and, and family and all these really heady themes, but, and it's, it's really, there's not a lot of humor to be found. It's, it's quite a dour kind of dark show, but, but it's, uh, but it's, it's just beautifully made and beautifully told. And it's, yeah, the, the, like I said, the rare case where the show or the adaptation is like leagues better than the book, which is kind of mm-hmm. amazing. And it, a great cast too. It has Mar- Margaret Qualley is in this. Justin Theroux, who yeah, I love. One of my favorites. Terry Coon is awesome. A- Amy Brenneman, who I love from Heat. She's she's great in the show. Liv Tyler is uh, like a small role in the show, but very important. It's a uh, it's 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 just a great show. It's like I said, it's a hard one to recommend, 
because because uh, like it's the first season is just not as good as the rest of the show, and you really have to kind of get through it to really get to the really exceptional stuff. But it's I think it's a story that could only be told the way it is. It was always designed. The thing I love about it is it was it was always designed according to Damon Lindelof as a three season, twenty eight hour show, like twenty eight hour long episodes. It was conceived mm-hmm. and pitched that way, and they just executed it exactly the way they wanted. And it's just it's a remarkable show. It's like, it's probably a top five all time favorite TV show for me. And they could have easily done just a movie of the first of the book instead of the first season. And it would have worked, but, it, but then we wouldn't have got one of the best TV shows ever. <laughs> so that, that's my pick. I, the leftovers. I absolutely love this show. All right. I actually have um, another negative one, unfortunately. Um, and this one, like your last one here is a bit of a, play on the rules that we uh, had sort of set out. Um, Mine is a trilogy movie that I wish was one movie. And now this is going to be very controversial. Mm. I'm going to hear about it, but I don't care. The Hobbit. Why was it three movies long? I don't think that's a controversial take at all. I think think everyone, I think at least it was, it should have been two, if anything. I have read The Hobbit many times. I'm not a big reader, but The Hobbit, I, I'm i a Hobbit girl. I had an elementary school teacher who loved The Lord of the Rings, and we mm. had to read The Hobbit in her class, and I became obsessed. I've read the book many times. Um, I was so excited when I heard the movie was coming out. I was actually nervous, but I, I when I heard um, who was casting it, I mean, Martin Freeman... Um, well, that, was per- I thought, that was perfect casting. I was, so was I mean, it, truly incredible. I was really excited. Um, and then I saw the first one and I was like, dude, wh- how are you making two more? Um, <laughs> I feel like I was really disappointed that they cut out things while also somehow adding in 15 plot lines that don't exist in the book. I, and they added characters. They added like, I was like, dude, what book did you read? This is not the book I've read. What are you talking about? (laughs) And I was disappointed that it was three movies, all of which are like minimum two and a half hours. They're super long movies. And yet they left out really important plot lines. I I feel like they should have taken the time and just made it one really good movie. And if you make a book into a movie and you cut out little parts, okay, I get it. I get that sometimes a book does not translate to the screen exactly the same. Um, But if you're going to make it three movies long and then cut out a bunch of stuff anyways, just make it one. Just make it one. Do it right the first time and then have it be done. Like it was really frustrating. I did see all three of them in theaters, so whatever. Um <laughs> but yeah, this one should have they should have just done it right the first time. Um very frustrating. Um sometimes you don't need to drag it on. I know it's a really long <laughs> book and a lot happens. Um but you know, that that one was very frustrating for me. I I really think they could have done a better job. They're not horrible movies, to be honest. Like, they're f- if if the books didn't exist, it would have been a good movie, probably. Um, I, I think it's just it's the it's more the fact I think that just the Lord of the Rings movies just had such a 
massive shadow over these and they they felt like they had to connect it way more to those and so and like true, kind of so live true. up to it and make it another lord of the rings instead of just making it the hobbit so there's so much exactly. they added to try and tie them together that was just unnecessary exactly. and i've always been more of a hobbit person than lord i love lord of the rings but hobbit was that was my book um hmm. so when yeah i i agree i think they were trying to tie it in too much but they didn't need to they i really feel like they completely missed the mark. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how these movies got made. I don't know how. I don't know who didn't read the book and approved all this stuff. But uh, it was really upsetting, really devastating. Um, I think the performances are great in this one. Um, I think, yeah, perfect casting for pretty much everybody in it. Um, Kate Blanchett. I mean, come on, but Celia <laughs> V. Yeah, if, if if you're a, it's funny. I um, you say you don't know how this happened. I actually a, a couple of years ago, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of trying to figure this out, oh. and I actually found <laughs> I'll, I'll have to I'll link I'll link in the show notes below because uh, it's uh it's it's really interesting. But there's a YouTuber who I used to watch a lot called the uh, Lindsay Ellis, who's kind of like a she talks a lot about like Disney. She's kind of like a cultural commentator. She did a three hmm. part. It was funny actually. It was they did part one of two, part two of two, and part three of two which I thought was pretty clever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she she basically tells the story and, and like interviews some of the people who were like extras or played some of the some of the, the smaller characters and she went to New Zealand and kind of just told the story of the kind of all, all the awful behind the scenes stuff that happened and why those mm. movies kind of turned out the way they did and forcing them to be longer than they should have been and it's uh it's really interesting. I'll, I'll send it over to you if you if you're interested. Yeah, totally. I, I see you like uh you like a good like business gone wrong story. This is kind of in the same, <laughs> yeah, in the, yeah. In the same vein. It's it's yeah, it's 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 a long enough story that I don't want to go into it now. But it's yeah. if you're interested, I would highly recommend mm. checking out this video or doing some looking into it because it's it's a really kind of crazy story. And just yeah, just a bummer because it could have like you said it could have been so great. Was a bummer like that 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 third movie, the the Battle of Five Armies. I think is the only that I can remember the only movie in theaters that I fell asleep to. <laughs> it's just, just it's well, just awful so that. long for not being ugh. if it's gonna be a long yeah. movie keep me engaged the whole time man yeah, and, they, and they just get like like the the first the first one i thought was was decent and then just the the second yeah. one was just a lot worse and the third one was just like i yeah. barely got through no, it I agree. yeah i i definitely i definitely agree with you on that so my uh my next uh one i wasn't super happy with is kind of a funny one because i was not happy with it, not because it was wrong, but just because I wanted more of it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that is, uh, there was a movie, another uh, Apple TV. Actually, Apple TV is getting a lot of play. Apple on, TV is uh, great. On it, it's, it's they got some good stuff. They got a lot of they got a lot of stuff that doesn't exist, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they 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 got some good stuff. Uh, this is a, a movie. It was one of the f- the first things they they dropped. Um, it was a, this documentary called Boys State which I absolutely loved. I it's basically the, the concept is this is a thing I didn't even know existed until I watched this documentary, but uh, basically I think in a lot of States uh, in the U S they, they have this program for, I think it's grade 11 for, uh, for male and female students where they'll take um, you basically you have to apply, you have to do this whole process and they pick, I think it's about 1100 students who will go to this. It's almost like summer camp for politics and they basically go, they, oh. 
they vote, they campaign, oh. and they basically form like a representative government for themselves yes. as like a my, like a small representation of their state. Yes. And this documentary, basically, they had a couple. Um, this I believe it was a couple who made this. Uh, they they went out to this um, to this boys' state program in Texas, and just like just filmed what they saw, and they ended up kind of capturing a really amazing story. Uh, this this great run between um, this uh, this kid Steve Garza, who is uh, I've actually been following since. He's a really interesting guy, very um, very kind of moderate sort of left wing for for Texas versus the kind of what you would expect kind of right wing Republican sort of what you, what you would think of when you think of like Texas politics. Uh, there's definitely those kids, and then there's uh, Stephen Garza's side, and it's just this really like very just a, like, a amazing story and it's uh and it's it's really they, they just they followed the right people they got these great stories all the kids are really fascinating characters and uh, i just wish they did this the, the only problem i have is it is that they just did it the one time i wish every year these documentarians would just go <laughs> and just 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 film like dude i, I heard they were actually there was chatter they might make a sequel girl state about the girls program which i think would be fascinating but I just wish they would just do this every year and just pick a different state or pick a different group and just follow them and find these stories. Cause it's such a weird, interesting program. And like seeing these kids acting the way like seasoned politicians do and just being like basically a, a just like a smaller representation of what American politics is and just seeing how similar it is to people who like, who do this for a living is just, fascinating and it's such an amazing representation of just the country and like how divided it is and it's i just thought it was pretty amazing and i just i just wish there was more of it that's that's my big issue is i loved it so much i just wanted more and i i just i'd love to see them do a sequel and do more or make it a series or something like that because it's it's just way too good to just be one movie i would highly recommend this it's boys state that's on apple tv Mm-hmm. I think if now that you say that, I think I have heard of it. Um, mm. I would challenge you though. Sometimes things like this that are so good that you're like, God, I wish I had more. There's a little bit of beauty in not having any more. Mm. You know what I mean? That's true. There's yeah. something really special about just a little window into it. Yeah. Well, I can but I agree. I would also probably <laughs> <before that. laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll move on to my next one then. Mm. Um, this is my last um, mini series that I think was perfect as a mini series. And then the rest of what I have is kind of um, more theoretical, um, but I'm excited to share. <laughs> um, but for this one, um, Made. Have you seen Made? Um I believe it was on Netflix. Um, is this made like series. like M A I D made? Yes, made. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. This is Margaret um, Qualley. Margaret in, Qualley. Uh, Leftovers. Yeah, she's so yeah. good. She's fabulous. Um, I saw this when it came out. It's actually filmed um, around where we are, um, hmm. and on and on Vancouver Island. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I started watching it because everyone in my acting class recommended it. Um, and I didn't know it was a mini series when it first came out, which is devastating to me now that I know it is a mini series, um, because it's just so good. It's really, I think, so truthful. 
it, it really does to me seem like um, real life put on the screen. Um, it really feels like authentic storytelling, authentic acting, authentic um, dialogue. Um, these characters feel like real characters. Um, and um, for people who haven't seen it, it's about this um, woman in her 20s um, who has a kid and um, has a, a tumultuous relationship with the father of the kid and sort of her journey um, to her having her own life, um, her life with the kid, dealing with um, custody of the kid, dealing with poverty, dealing with um, family troubles and difficult relationships with your family. And I just think um, it's such a good representation to me, not in like a way that like, I think it's like, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Like you can be in poverty and happy, like not good like that. But I think it really does show like truth in situations like this. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's not like a fun, cheery watch by any means. It's not very funny. It's very serious and somber for most of it. Um, but it's, it's really good. I, I really enjoy it. Um, it doesn't necessarily have a cinematic quality, but it does have a very, um, engaging, um, you know, the dialogue's very engaging. Uh, it's engaging the way that a movie's engaging, I think. Um, and I think that's why it's good as a mini series. It really does wrap up this story, like, quite well, I think. Um, and I would have liked to see more from these characters. I definitely think they could have. Um, but like we said, sometimes things need to be edited into a nice little box or else it gets a little crazy. So um, I think they did a really great job with this. Margaret Qualley's fabulous. We talked about her a bit earlier. She's great. One of my favorite actors at the moment. Um, and yeah, I think it's really good. Um, there's a baby actor in this. Talk about kid actor. This is a baby actor. <laughs> I'm rocking it. Doing really good, I think. Um, so yeah, uh, actually one of my old teachers has a small part in this uh, show too. So that was really fun to see him oh, cool. um, in it. So <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one because it, it kind of sounds like just from what you were saying, what I the little I know about it, it, it seems like, like if it had been made a little earlier, it definitely would have been like an Oscar bait movie. And it's kind of mm -hmm. funny that I think now it, it almost feels like that kind of thing would only kind of get made at like a streamer, like in the way that it got made. But hmm. I think it's just like, it, that's kind of a good sign of like where we're at with streaming and with just with movies. Like it's, it, that definitely feels like something that, that nowadays would only get made the way it did. But if it had been made earlier, it definitely would have been, would have been a movie. That's yeah. That that's hmm. one that it was the same with the, there was a Netflix show called unbelievable, which I'm like, Oh, I, I'm, yeah. I really want to watch, but at the same time I'm kind of dreading it. Cause I just know it's going to be like, devastating and, and like and i they they both look like so good and like I, I just like it's hard to motivate myself to start with those but i know once i 
ones I watch. And I'll, I'll eventually get to this one because I, I know it's going to be worth my time. It's just it's just hard to get myself to want to start watching it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my uh, my my last uh, my last pick for a, a series I think was perfect as is, is a little show uh, you might have heard of. Uh, another HBO show, actually, like The Leftovers, uh, Chernobyl. Mm. which is like just like i think one of the one of the best shows hbo's put out at least in the last but 10 years probably Mm -hmm. Uh, did you ever watch did you ever watch chernobyl i haven't but it's one of those ones that i know i should watch i've heard lots about it yeah it was kind of the same thing as i was just saying where where i like i knew i was gonna like this and i was just like oh but it's gonna be so like tough to watch and just like like just 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 really like like kind of like I said, like just devastating. But the funny thing is, once I watched it, as kind of harrowing as it is, it's so addictive, just because it's mm-hmm. so good. And uh, I mean, it's all like like the acting is great. There's so many great character actors, like great great British actors you've seen in a million things. Um, but really, like this show is is uh, the showrunner Craig Mazin, who, funny enough, the the other kind of thing that kind of spurred on the doing this episode was that The Last of Us is happening right now, and mm. uh, uh, Craig Mazin, who made um, who made Chernobyl, is also showrunning The Last of Us as well. Like this, this guy, mm-hmm. I would actually highly recommend uh, for anyone interested in screenwriting. He, him, and uh, John August, the writer of Go and a bunch of a bunch of different stuff. He, they actually have a podcast called Script Notes, which is a really good screenwriting podcast. But uh, yeah, Craig, Craig Mazin is just like a genius, like with with story and like just. He, he's really like a good embodiment of like the idea of this episode because the same thing with last of us if they had done that as a movie it just would not have worked and they're just they're they're taking the time to tell these stories the right way without padding anything out like chernobyl is just it's like a six hour show and it's the it like it's still it doesn't feel padded at all it's like every second of the show and every shot feels purposeful and feels like like it, it just it ties back together so well it's so beautifully made and it just, it tells the story in, in a way that's, that's smart and you can, that's accessible and also sympathetic and, but without kind of excusing what happened. And it's, uh, I think taking so much time away from when it actually happened and, and having it be a British production rather than there, there was basically no Russian involvement in the show. I don't mm. think I need to explain really what the show is. It's Chernobyl. Yeah. I think people know that, but there yeah. basically wasn't really, <laughs> any sort of Russian involvement in the show, which normally would be something like, like, Oh, someone else is telling the story. I don't know. But in this case to really get to like a more objective truth about it, funny enough, they kind of had to have an outsider come in and tell the story. And I think it was for the best. I think it's, it's like the ultimate version of, of this story. There's, there's like basically no way they could have told the Chernobyl story better. And it's, it, it's like, it's one, like just talking about it. I want to go back and rewatch it. Cause there's, there's so many scenes and just moments in the show, like there's a moment uh, where they're up on a roof. Where if, if you've seen the show, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about when they're on this roof pushing stuff off. And it is just, it's like burned into my brain. It's it's such a the acting is so great, the writing is so sharp. Just the the imagery is like just, will just stick with you. It's it's a really like pretty incredible achievement. And if it like the the fact that they got a full six hours to tell the story was just perfect. It just like I think this is one you could have done as a movie, but it would not have been nearly as good as what we got, and we're lucky we got it the way we did. I, I would highly recommend this one. I even think you would probably like this because it's not—it's mm-hmm. definitely like 
I think in your head, you might be thinking it's a lot more horrific <laughs> than, than it actually is. Like there's definitely a couple moments, but with like some radiation stuff, but overall it's just a really, really intense, really good drama. I think you would probably really like it. Hmm. I think so too. I've heard good things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely not like something that, like I said, like, like that's like hard to get through, even though it's good. It's just like like you just get hooked into the show and you're just like you just can't stop watching it once you start it. It's 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 awesome. Um my next one, my next two actually are more um they're things that I think could make good miniseries, things that don't exist. Um <laughs> so my first one of these is I wanna see Wes Anderson make a miniseries. Hmm. Uh, I and I don't want it to be a long one. I don't need a nine episode miniseries. I'm talking like four, five episodes, maybe, um, and, and maybe even short episodes, maybe even like fifteen minute episodes. But I just would be so interested to see, um, that like medium with his. I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan. I I love his movies, um. And so I'd be so interested in seeing it in a different form. Um, that might be sacrilegious because I know he's like a movie guy um, and I love him for it. But I'd be really interested to see what he I think he's a very creative person. I think he could come up with something um, super, super interesting, super engaging. Um, and yeah, I'd be really interested to see it. Um, I have no suggestions for him about what it should be about because I don't know, but yeah. What do you think? Are you a big Wes Anderson person? I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I, I like, I like some of his stuff. I love like Moonrise Kingdom, but I'm not huge on him. I actually, I, I disagree with this, not mm-hmm. just because I'm not a huge Wes Anderson guy, but I think, I just don't think the miniseries format would do much for him because that like, when I think of something that, when I think of something that sh- that is a movie that should be a miniseries, I think because the story it's something it has to, it has to do a story. Like the story's too mm-hmm. rushed. There's more story to tell. They're cutting things out, and I don't think Wes Anderson's movies or his his it's not about story. It's about the style and it's about his visual sense. And I don't think bringing it. Hmm. I actually think extending it out would hamper it and kind of make it exa- like more exhausting than. I don't think it would bring anything creative to the table that he couldn't do in a movie because he's just not really a story guy. I don't agree that it's he's not a story guy. I do know I do understand that like his shtick, I guess, is the visuals. But I think uh, personally, I am invested in his stories as well. I think the story is just as important. Um and I don't think that his miniseries would be like the best miniseries of all time, but it would be interesting, I think. Um I think it would just be like, ugh, I can't think of a good example, but like when we look at artists like, like, um, like painters and stuff like that, for me, every time that they've um, tried a new medium just for fun, I really enjoy their work. I can't think of any example, of course, because I'm an idiot, but um, I think it would just, I don't think it would be for any, you know, I don't think it'd be the most beautiful piece of art in the whole world, but I think it'd be interesting. I think it'd be fun. 
and I would enjoy it. Fair enough. <laughs> what, what's your who, is, is is your other one another just another director or did you have like a, more of a story? Mine is oh, do you want my other one? It's not another director. Yeah. Um, yeah, my other sure one that one I think is. could be fun as a mini series. This is also a little controversial, but that's okay. It would have to be done right as well. Mamma Mia. Again, ah. miniseries should not be nine episodes long. It would have to be like four episodes long. Um, the Mamma Mia sequels have been incredibly successful, um, even though they were done so far post the original coming out. Um, sequels plural? Is there more than one? I believe is there. Well, there's like um, Mamma Mia three. There was Here We Go was Again. Wasn't, it? wasn't that the second one? Yeah. There's a third one in the works, I believe. Oh, I see. Um, for a second, you made me very nervous. Um, I believe there's a third <laughs> one in the works. I feel like, again, it only it could only be like three or four episodes long, but I think they could do something fun. Um, maybe with uh, some of the characters, some of the smaller characters. Um, but... You know, I think um, the actors and the characters are so loved and they've done such a good job with sequels already. I think it could be fun. <laughs> or even if it's just set in the same location. Um, there's a lot. There's a big market for this. People love Mamma Mia, me included. I don't know. I think there could be something fun there. Do it just like White Lotus style. Like just, <laughs> just, yeah. just be, be in the place. Up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it because I know nothing about Mamma Mia except that oh my I like God. ABBA. What's wrong? <laughs> Mamma Mia is a great movie. Ugh. The original is my favorite, obviously, but <laughs> the sequel was good. All right. So my so my last uh, I have a couple of movies I want to talk about. My last uh, kind of negative point, so I can I can end a little more positive, was. Uh, uh, a movie that I think could have been expanded, I think would have been really great as a series, is uh, this movie came out, I believe, I think in 2021, uh, called Vengeance, uh, which is, the reason I was interested in this is it has a pretty good cast, uh, pretty solid, but the the, uh, the the reason I was really interested in this is that BJ Novak is the writer-director. It's his first mm. time writing and directing a uh, a movie and bj novak if, if you don't know is uh ryan from the office uh fire guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh i mean ryan really started the fire with this one let me tell you this is uh this is quite a movie but basically the the concept the concept that i think is awesome uh basically this guy he's a he, he sort of works for like a I think they, they might say it's in the movie, it's the New Yorker, but it's something like that uh, kind of in, he wants to do sort of like a NPR style, like podcast kind of this American life, sort of that, that sort of vibe. And out of the blue, he gets a call from this guy who tells him that uh, his girlfriend is dead. And he's like, well, I don't have a girlfriend, <laughs> but he's mm. trying to tell this guy. And it turns out that this girl who died is, was just a girl that he kind of casually hooked up with. And mm. she is, he's from New York and she's from Texas. She goes back to Texas and basically tells her family that they're dating when they weren't really. And so Ooh. the family thinks that he is, uh, is like her boyfriend and that, and they basically invite him out. He goes out and goes to her funeral. And then the brother 
thinks that she was murdered. And he basically, he's like, oh, well, that's my podcast. He's, he, even though he doesn't, he doesn't believe it. And it just kind of goes from there. And it's sort of, a, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's talking a lot about, uh, it's just looking at like the difference between kind of the, the sort of Southern sort of right wing and um, sort of red state versus the kind of liberal uh, blue state. Like it's, it's, there's a lot of kind of dichotomy there and it's kind of poking fun at both sides and in a pretty even handed way, I thought even probably more kind of poking fun at the blue state side, which I appreciated because that's, because that's uh, not, that's uh, not always, uh, that's not something you see uh, all the time in these kind of movies. But, uh, and I think just, I just think BJ Novak, like he also had a, ser- a, a kind of an anthology series called the premise, which was kind of like a comedy version of black mirror, which was sem- somewhat successful. I thought it was like, I thought it was, a, it was decent. There's a couple episodes that were good, a couple that weren't. I, I think he's, he's a really smart, really kind of insightful and really has a really interesting sense of humor. He's, he's, he's got a very distinct uh, writing style, but none of his projects have totally been like, like he's never really knocked it out of the park. And I think it's just because a lot of the time he just has too many ideas that he can't kind of boil it down. And I definitely felt that in this movie where he's just, I felt like he was trying to say like 50 different things about the current state of America. And it just, <laughs> it, and it's only about a, like an hour, 45 minute movie. It's a, uh, I, I think if this had been like a six episode miniseries, an eight episode, like eight hour miniseries, I think he could have kind of said everything he needed to say. And, uh, and I just think he, I just felt like it, it felt like he was trying to cram too much into too small a package with this movie, even though it had some, like, I, I didn't love the ending. The ending felt kind of rushed, but like, 75% of this movie I thought was great. I just think I just think he could have done so much more with it. And I think it's a shame that he just he only had this much time to tell the story cuz he just he clearly has a lot to say. And uh, mm-hmm. this movie is really really smart writing. I just think he's such a talented writer and he just needs the right yeah. kind of longer form project to to get it all out there. Like like if you want to see a good example, like just watch the first 20 minutes of this movie. It's like the, the the very first scene. It's actually him and uh, John Mayer, who's kind of playing <laughs> himself. It's, it is like it's like pitch perfect. It's like he kind of got John Mayer to play this kind of exaggerated douchebag version of himself, and it's 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 just it, there, there's so much going on in this movie. I just wish it it uh, it had more kind of space to to kind of expand and more room to breathe because mm. it's uh, it, it's it was like almost there for me. It's just like the ending didn't, didn't quite get there, but it's, it's a really interesting movie. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what BJ Novak does next. Cause I think, yeah, like, I think I'm like the biggest, world's biggest BJ Novak fan. I just think yeah. he's, he's awesome. <laughs> and he's, and he's so good at like playing those kind of likable asshole characters, which is mm-hmm. not always easy. <laughs> All right. So I, I just have a, a couple of movies I wanted to, shout out quickly that I'm just similar with what we're talking about the miniseries that I'm just really glad that these were made as movies and not as, uh, as series. The, the first one is a little movie. It's a documentary. It's kind of like, I like to think of it as like the platonic ideal of these kind of junky documentaries we've been talking about where it, it is like a very flash flashy movie, the way it's, it's directed and edited. It's, it's all over the place. It's, it's really wild. It's a crazy story. Like I wouldn't even have time to, explain to you everything that's <laughs> that this movie is about it's kind of one that if you like just like a, these kind of crazy true stories just trust me just go and watch it it's like 
one of the most fun movies you're going to see. It's a documentary called Operation Odessa. Mm. And I don't even really want to say what it's about, but it's it's just it is like probably the craziest story, one of the craziest stories in a documentary I've ever heard. And uh, I know this thing came out, I think, 2017 or 2018. And I just know if the if the streamers had got their hands on this thing, they would have stretched it out. They would have made another another Tiger King or a uh, or a Pepsi <laughs> Where's My Jet, and just and it just would not have been nearly as effective as it is. And it's just kind of tight, ninety minute package. Like this movie is just bursting. It's it's like it's like vengeance, but on the other side in a good way, where it's just bursting with all this energy and all these crazy stories. And like you watch this thing, you finish it like an hour and a half later, and you're just like exhausted because it's it's wild. The, the, what I would, I would say like the, the closest sort of comparison is if you've ever seen the Nick Cage movie, uh, Lord of war, where he plays like an arms dealer, <laughs> great movie, super underrated. It's basically like a real life version of that. It's like got a little bit of that. It's got a little tiger King. It's, it's like, it's just like one of the craziest, like most like outrageous documentaries I've ever seen. And I'm, I love the fact that it's just, this really nice tight package of a movie and it's uh it's it's so much fun the director tiller russell i know is also he also does he does documentaries and and features and uh you can definitely tell because he's definitely got a very like kinetic style to the way he tells the story that you don't always see with just purely documentary filmmakers but i just think it was perfect as just a movie and i'm super glad they did it that way mm-hmm. and the uh the, the other one uh i wanted to mention which is actually i think when I started making this list, one of the first ones I thought of right away, because uh, th- this was this one came out in uh, 2007. I know if this had come out now, they would have done done it like uh, something like Dahmer and stretched it out way too long and <laughs> split it up into, or something like Mindhunter split it up into into episodes. But it's uh, Zodiac from uh, 2007. Mm. Uh, th- this like one probably a top 10 all-time favorite movie for me mm. I'm, I'm not a huge kind of true crime serial killer yeah. guy basically unless david fincher does it because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i love i love seven i can't wait for his new movie the killer with uh uh michael fassbender yeah i love seven i love zodiac and i love mindhunter those are kind of the only three i really really <laughs> love and he's he's just like i think i think zodiac might be that's probably one of the best things he's ever done. It's like Jake Gyllenhaal, who I love, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, like Chloe Sevigny. It's like such an amazing cast. It's, it's, it is such, have you seen Zodiac? You know what? I haven't, even though I've, I've seen like bits and I love all the actors in it. And I think I would really Mm. enjoy it. I have a, like a 10 page long list of movies that I quote, haven't (laughs) seen. So it's on there for sure. One of these days. Yeah, this it's just such a great the, the thing i love about it is it's it's it was made in 2007 but it's a period piece because all, all this stuff took place yeah. in in the 70s so you watch it now and it looks like it hasn't aged a day like it looks mm-hmm. like it could have come out this year it's amazing but the thing the reason i had it on this list is because it's a long movie it's like two it's two hours 40 minutes i think mm. and i think like i said if this had been made now there's no way they would have it would have been a movie like yeah, netflix would have stretched it out to a series and the thing is like the length it, it is a long movie but it kind of had to be because the length of the movie kind of parallels what it was really like to be a part of this investigation because the movie take go, takes place over such a long period of time and it just drains mm-hmm. you and exhausts you and by the end of your end of this movie you're just like whew, like you're just 
you feel like like you've been on this case for 30 years like these guys have and <laughs> the the length of the movie and just watching it you kind of have to watch it in one sitting and just sit all the way through it because it's just so much more effective you feel the exhaustion that the characters mm-hmm. are feeling and the hopelessness and and it's just it it it's almost like the the length of the movie is almost like like thematic in a way which is it's it, it's yeah. so it works so well and it just like it would it's it's i mean it's a great story it's super well made it, it you can still watch it in pieces but it's just not nearly as effective as in in a in like a nice long kind of drawn out slower paced movie but it's i mean it's just just an excellent movie like i, I can't really mm-hmm. say much about zodiac that hasn't already been said it's it's like it's just like one of the, it's one of the best movies of the 2000s i think and even in 2007 which was a crazy year for movies mm-hmm. i think it's it's one of the that was um, No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood and Zodiac in the same year, which is like insane. But uh, yeah, it's it. I, I just I'm so glad it went the way it did because, like I said, if it came out now, like it, I don't think it would be a movie. And yeah. I think it's it's better for it the the way the way it is. All right, um, I have one last one. Again, it's another theory but it it ties in really nicely with what you were just saying about if it was made today um titanic <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god um, I, I i knew this was sorry. she was building this one up she's like i got a really controversial one coming up. <laughs> um do you think now obviously let's pretend it's not james cameron titanic is obviously notoriously a super long movie two vhs's do you think it would be a miniseries if it came out in 2023? I think if if not for the James Cameron of it all, if it was yeah. if it was someone if it was anyone else making it, it would be. I don't think James Cameron would let that happen. I don't think either. I think James Cameron, of course not. I mean, he would. He'd rather make a super long movie, right? He'd rather just make but, it a, a super long movie than split it up. Um, yeah, and I just but, don't think this would be. I, I mean, I just don't think the Titanic story would be nearly as interesting if he didn't do it. I think he I completely agree. understood what you need to make that story interesting, and like the mix of like it's like half an action survival movie and half a romance. And if 100%. it's more of one or more of the other, it just doesn't work. I agree. Um, when I was thinking about things, when you said about like movies that are perfectly movies, I think there so is a world where someone else could have cut this up if they took the James Cameron of it all and the the <sighs> everything um cut this up into a million pieces but this is a movie that i would rather sit a long time and watch a long ass movie than it be anything mm-hmm. else like you said about um remember what movie zodiac. oh <laughs> what you said about zodiac sorry what you said about zodiac i think Sitting with it is part of the movie. The length of it is like, it, it it never feels like too long of a movie. I've sat through movies that feel like a million years and you feel like maybe this should have been a, two, a two-part movie or whatever. To me, mm. this movie, I'd rather sit through a hundred more hours of this movie and have it be one piece because I think it fits perfectly <laughs> together. But I do think that there's people out there who would cut this up in a million people, pieces and call it a miniseries. Yeah, I uh, I choose to just not even think about that because I, <laughs> I just can't. I can't even imagine this movie without Big Jim. It just doesn't work for Big me. Big Jim, like, of course. 
it's, that's just like it like hurts my brain to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're right. Though. I think I think there's a good chance that that uh, that would have happened if they had made it at a different time. But thank goodness it didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are any uh, any final thoughts? Were there, were there any anything that like just missed uh, making the making your list that you were thinking about? Um, not really. Um, to be honest, I'm not super big in um, limited series still. I think most of the limited series that I engage in are those ch- cheesy documentary, Netflix, whatever. Honestly, I'm a sucker for those. It's so easy to turn those mm. on um, and not think about anything for half an hour to an hour and then mm. um, move on with your life. Um, but yeah, I think... I'm not like the world's biggest fan of limited series just because I feel like a lot of times they don't work out well. But uh, certain things on this list definitely changed my tune. I think um, with the right people, um, it can be really successful and a really effective um, medium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the the only one that I think I mentioned it, but the only one that almost made my list, I was kind of debating between that and Chernobyl was normal people the uh the adaptation of the book which uh if people haven't seen read the book (laughs) because the the book is it's it's actually another one like uh uh like Fleischman or Leftovers where I actually thought the the show was better overall but only because it builds on the book in such an interesting way so if if you're interested in all in the story I would definitely recommend reading the book and then watching the show because it it just it adds it's really cool to see how well they recreated some of it they also add a lot of really interesting stuff it's it's like the exact opposite of the hobbit where they added things to the story <laughs> and it made it better not 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 terribly worse like in the case of the <laughs> hobbit and that's the last time i will ever think of the hobbit probably again i know it was it was blocked out of my brain and you just brought it all come i know sorry back. to bring it up again <laughs> sorry to bring it into everyone's minds again yeah so that's uh that's the show. We will uh, hopefully next time we talk at you, we will have seen some more movies. <laughs> yeah, gee. I've got a couple that I'm like part way through, so I'm. Yeah. Uh, I'll hopefully, I'll I'll be able to to finish a couple, and I've got I've got a couple things. Uh, Excited I've got a couple for things uh, I'm interested to check out. Eighty for Brady. I will be going to the theaters to watch that one. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch the Banshees finish here in twice instead of yeah, exactly. Going to watch that. <laughs> All right. A- any last words? Um, no. I'm excited for a TV. Um, I'll be binging mm. many movies over the next few days, so you'll have lots for me next yeah. time. Sweet. All right. Make sure to follow uh, both of us on on Letterboxd if you dare, and uh, <laughs> check out our uh, our Instagram page. Uh, things are happening. I'm I'm posting memes on there movie memes all kinds of fun stuff Uh, yes (laughs) so so, yeah check it out stay tuned we'll we'll talk to you later 